and welcome to Wampa Radio. I am Derek, aka Charmer, and this week I am once again joined by Flake. Flake, oh wait, this uh, this this isn't this isn't Flake. This is my good friend Dan, who is filling in for Flake because Flake is traveling this week he's been at multiple airbnbs the first one did not have any internet at all i know this because i was physically there with him uh the second one had some pretty suspicious internet so uh getting us you know out of a bit of a jam is our good friend dan from the hobbies and happiness show and so hello dan and i i guess so that you know viewers know i'm gonna put this red x over your name uh, so that they don't think you're flake. We're, we're going to cross that out uh, on our little overlay. So uh, how are you and how has uh, your week been so far? I'm good. You know, it's uh, we're, we're doing this on a Friday night and Friday nights are always my uh, my time to chill and just like hang out with people. You know, I just finished a stream of my own um, talking all about the uh, Lorcana, but now we get to talk about Star Wars Unlimited. And I'm uh, I'm excited about this game, man. Like we were, we were talking before and it was a game initially that I'm just like, you know, I don't know. I don't really know if I'm going to be interested. And then the more I find out about it, I'm like, dude, this actually looks really pretty cool. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I may have to dig a little bit more into it, and I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, now I, I will say I, I I'll never be able to live up to live up to the name Flake. So uh, yeah, just make sure I I don't want to I don't want to put the uh, I don't want to put the name of Flake. You know, a uh, do do a disservice to to that no no name, you're but, bringing uh... credibility to the name of Flake. <laughs> I should uncross his name so that. You know, maybe people will get a, a, a better view of things, but better view. <laughs> uh, speaking of, you know, views every week, we poll our viewers for, you know, for fun, for Star Wars related things. But this last mm -hmm. week was actually uh, very timely because instead of it being a general Star Wars poll, uh, given that we had just had a new leader revealed, we decided to ask folks, you know, what are your favorites? as far as the leaders that have been revealed so far. So with that in mind, we're gonna go ahead and jump into the Wampa Cave Poll of the Week. So again, our question this week, it was on Twitter. You can follow us at Wampa Radio if you wanna participate in these. We do these once a week. Uh, the question was, of the four leaders revealed so far, which is your favorite? Now the options, if you're not familiar, if you're just joining us for the first time and you don't know which leaders have been revealed, uh, your options are Krennic, our protagonist uh, from Rogue One, if you are on the side of the the Imperials, you know, like if you think that the Imperials did nothing wrong, then, then Krennic was the good guy, right? But no, no, yep. uh, you know, very ambitious, but uh, Imperial leader, uh, you know, Krennic, he was just recently revealed. We're going to cover his card a little bit. Uh, later mm -hmm. then uh the other choices are leia luke and vader and this is not a surprise who won nope. okay so nope. results landslide victory for vader vader bringing in 47.9 percent what was a huge shock to me was the rest of the choices so yeah. krennic came in at number two uh 20.8 yeah. percent leia number three 16.7 percent and luke at 14.6 and to me that's the most shocking if you would have mm -hmm. said hey we're gonna run a poll and luke is gonna be the last 
choice the the least yep. popular um what do you what do you think uh is the reason for this my my thought is luke's it's 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 purely the ability that's that's my thought here because i think i think you look at those characters and it, like I, i'm not surprised at all about vader like regardless of his ability and, or uh, his character's popularity. But the fact that Luke is just last, to me, that just means what I see is people who voted in this poll just don't really like, don't think his ability is going to be uh, that impactful. Uh, so that's that's what I see. But all honesty, I kind of like Luke, you know, like his ability and I like his card. Um, but Vader's just, um, Vader's just too good though. <laughs> Like, Vader is an iconic character. He's a fan favorite. Right. His yep. ability looks very strong. He shows up and he just starts mowing down your opponent's units. But yep. there is a part of me, again, going back to my Elder Scrolls Legends days, that, you know, I was kind of known, I was known for my very aggressive time to fight list, but I was also, mm -hmm. you know, known for piloting mid-range sorcerer a lot. Now, if you're not familiar in that game, you utilized ward which is going to be shield here in yep. Star Wars Unlimited. It's essentially the same mechanic, and that's what Luke does. The Luke leader yep. unit is just giving out shield tokens. And so when I look at this, yep. I say, like, this is going to be a great way to play, like, a mid-range board-centric deck, and I get kind of excited. Yep. But I just, again, I was just baffled that he came in last. So yep. either folks really like the aggressive kind of nature or feeling of Leia. Um, I actually really like... Krennic. I, I know that I'm a Rogue One fanboy to begin with, but just the idea of he also is, he's like the counter Luke. And that's very mm -hmm. interesting to me, right? Like he's benefiting yeah. your units when they're hurt and then also gives you the ability to kind of slow the game down when he hits the board with the restore mechanic. Again, we're, we're going to cover his exact text a little bit later in the show, but uh, just very surprised that Mm -hmm. that he was number two behind vader yeah yeah and and the last thing that i'll say as well is you know you, you're, you're talking about tesla i i think our, you can make the argument that um that type of mechanic is much better in a game like star wars unlimited because it's that that action economy of i take i do an action and now my opponent does and then it's back and forth it's not a turn-based structure so i yes. think in a game like star wars unlimited that this type of ability is going to be a lot better than in a game like tesla you know it's funny you mentioned that because that was going to be uh, essentially what i used to highlight how strong that is yeah uh when we got to the card i was kind of saving it so we'll we'll circle back on that but first we just have to cover all of the cards that were revealed yep. because we had a, a handful this week uh first up we're going to discuss uh, a card that was revealed from the johto cast podcast and this is the ozatuck liberator gunship uh, this is a four cost unit it's in the space realm it has heroism and cunning. It is a 3-4 on the stats line, and it has the ambush keyword. Now, if you don't remember, ambush is after you play this unit, it may ready and attack an enemy unit. So this is like, you know, charge, but instead of being able to go face, you can only use it to attack opposing units. And that, I think, is a nice balance uh, mechanic overall, but also 
I think what really stands out to me and what I like about this unit is that it's got that four health, right? It's still going to mm -hmm. die if it trades into something like an interceptor, but having an ambush unit with a high health total means you're likely setting up these like two for one scenarios. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, now, r remind me, this this is not the first card where we've seen the ambush ability. Is that correct? Uh, or I is it? I believe uh, that this is not the first one because we should have um there is uh one other i feel like i that we've seen maybe it was just uh talked about in the quick start rules though and we didn't actually see the text on it i'm actually scrolling through them right now we've got sentinels okay. and we've got restores yes yeah, so no this is the first one that has the ambush the closest that okay. we've had is you know there's a couple of when played do damage but right. that's not the same as having yep. the ambush mechanic um right. similarly right. You know, there's a Leia that's when played, you can ready a resource or exhaust a unit. But again, not mm -hmm. quite the same thing. So, yeah, I, I thought we had seen one, but I must have hallucinated mm -hmm. it from the quick start rules. Right. right. Yeah. So so from from that standpoint, I mean, it's especially this being the first set, right? It's it's always good to get these kind of like baseline cards. Um, and that's kind of how I see this type of this type of card is, you know, we, we see that effect. Um, I mean, I, I like it, you know. <laughs> I'm 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 not the type of person. I mean, you you definitely are more so than me about the the aggressive strategies. Um, but it's it's always it's always nice when you get confirmation that you know we're 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 going to see these same type of effects that we're that we're used to that we're used to in TCGs. Um, so yeah, I, there's there's not much that I don't like about uh, the the Liberator gunship. Well, I think the interesting thing about the gunship and honestly just the ambush keyword in general is that it's not really an aggressive card the way that you know many of them have been in the past that's why i was kind of focusing right. on the health total and in many ways this right. is a control card where you are using it to you know you put it into play hopefully it, it trades with another unit uh at a minimum but ideally it will remove an opponent's unit off the board and then stick around to either threaten damage or Kind of build right. your board presence right and so right you know one of the things that stood out to me is as we're looking at some of the starships that have been revealed yes it will die going into an interceptor but all of the other ones that we've gotten so far this can you know destroy and then also survive itself whether that's the tie fighter right. or the x-wings because again when we're playing this game it's not you know like old star wars card games where it's light versus dark so you do have to compare this mm -hmm. against opposing x-wings uh, and so right. cards like Alliance X-Wing, Wing Leader, uh, et cetera, they all get chewed up by this and it survives. Yep. 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 Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think it's a good stat line. I think there's, like I said, there's not, there's not a lot to not like about, about this card. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so next up i do want to talk about director krennic uh this is the mm -hmm. card that was included in our poll this was also revealed on the official uh star wars unlimited twitter it is a, a leader so the passive version of krennic gives each friendly damaged unit plus one plus zero so mm -hmm. it's not like a full-on berserk type thing but anytime you've got a unit that's you know under its starting health it's taken some damage it's going to be a bit more powerful uh, the right. faction or the the traits for this are uh, villainy and vigilance, which I think is uh, rather interesting. I mm -hmm. I like the idea of this 
being your kind of control centric leader and again the damaged friendly units getting a, an attack buff leads to that i suspect we're actually going to end up seeing more ambush units that go into the krennic deck because the idea is you trade in you kill a unit and now you threaten that damage back right, right now right when you want to deploy director krennic he costs five and the stat line is a two seven so big back end going to potentially be very difficult to get off the board unless you're using something like vanquish um, has restore two and then still has the exact same passive effect of each friendly damage unit gets plus one plus zero mm -hmm. yeah one of my favorite things about this card in all honesty is it's direct it's not just director krennic it's director krennic aspiring to authority i i i, lo I love that tagline <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's it's exactly, it's exactly the descriptor him. <laughs> of him, right? Like it's such a good exactly, little dude. just like piece of subtext and I yes, and I love yes. it. And I love the way they capture his character and flavor because he's so ambitious, he's willing to sacrifice yep. others for his own gain, and that yeah. includes getting yep. them damaged and then still throwing them into the fight, right? It's that idea mm -hmm. of he's just going to continue to push things until he gets mm -hmm. his way. So from a flavor standpoint and everything, I, I really, really do appreciate this. Um, what, you know, I you know I mentioned the ambush, um, but what are some of the other ways you could see him being used? Because I see this big back end and I see the restore too. Yep, yep. So so here's here's kind of where, where I where I see Karenic here, okay? Now, one of the things that I, I really, really like about this game, okay, is, you're now you're, you're always going to be able to use use this card okay um so from the standpoint is and, and, and charmer correct me if i'm wrong here okay but you basically you can choose whenever once you hit that threshold of once i have five or more resources now i now i'm set once i'm at that point i can choose to deploy him when whenever i see fit okay once I do that, so you want to wait for the most opportune time to deploy him. Now, once you do that, and let's say he gets defeated, he basically gets flipped over and then sent back to your base, but you still get to use his flipped ability. That, that is correct, right? Yeah, when he's in his passive state, you do still get those bonuses, yes. Right, right. So... So one of the things that I love about this is, I mean, you just, you need to wait. Like you don't, it's not turn, or no, it wouldn't be turn five. It would be turn three, I, I think, because. Yeah, because you start, you start with, with two. two. Right, yep. right. So this, this is the type of, this is the type of card where you're not, you're not deploying him on turn three. You're deploying him uh, late, mid to late game when you need to use that restore ability. So um, I, the flexibility on a card, on, on this leader in particular, I see, I see as being a, a little bit more flexible than maybe some of the other leaders. Um, but I like I like this type of play style of this is going to kind of lend to the more let me try to control the board as best I can. And yes, you're going to try and uh, deplete my base total. Um, but now I can just start building that back up because now I have I have Krennic as a backup to okay now I can deploy him and then then I'm start I'm starting to to restore my base. So um, I really, I really like everything. I like a card like Krennic, just that flexibility of being able to just deploy him when at, when I need to use that ability the most is what's really intriguing to me about Krennic. Yeah, I want to highlight something else. I know you said like you're not going to play it on turn three. I think you might in some cases, and that's honestly yeah. what worries me because 
I'm an aggressive player traditionally. Uh, I, I yeah. just enjoy that play style. And right. when I look at this as a leader, I'm saying to myself, I pray there's a card that says, you know, destroy target unit whose power is three or less. And it's and it's cheap, right? right. Because right. if I have to pay, you know, vanquish type resources to get rid of this guy, I'm in for a world of hurt if I'm playing an aggressive right. deck. Because if he can come yep. down as early as turn three and he's got a seven back end. And the thing you have yep. to remember is his restore two is whenever he attacks doesn't have to deal damage it doesn't have to kill an opposing mm -hmm. unit etc cetera, etc cetera. he just every time he turns that thing sideways he's going to heal too and mm -hmm. with that seven back end means he's probably going to trade into some of my units as well and yep i just don't know how you're going to be able to go wide against yep. him if you're playing aggressive yep. so i'm yep. i'm waiting to see the full set and i'm leaning towards there's got to be a, a more cost effective way to get rid of him or else he's right. just going to be your go-to control leader because what what else do you do against that threat of the the restore yep. two with that big seven health mm -hmm. and then and then when you're able to res to restore hit or heal heal himself as well with with other effects that's just that's going to be that's going to spell doom for a lot of uh, aggressive aggressive strategy and i like and i like that you pointed pointed out that against aggressive decks we may see him on turn three and that on turn three that's like a said, nightmare that's great that's scary, <laughs> dude <laughs> yeah man and yeah, that's not there's, even there's, counting there's... like if you're also running sentinels and things like that where you can't even attack directly into him to just get him off the board you have to go through the sentinels and then he's picking off your units and gaining health like there really mm -hmm. has to be some sort of cost-effective way, I think, to get rid of him, and yep. and I want it. He's wanted... not just a two-seven because he gets damaged. He's now a three-seven, right? Because yeah, so and there's 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 a lot to like about Krennic, man. There there really is, and I wanted to uh, transition from him to this next card. I actually put this week's cards that uh, I wanted to talk about in order, right? So I started with the ambush, and I wanted mm -hmm. to go to a leader that would be like, hey. You know, this is the kind of card that you would play with ambush units if you could. Granted, in this case, the uh, factions didn't really line up, but I do think mm -hmm. we're at some point going to see some ambush out of vigilance. Uh, but, mm -hmm. you know, talking about cost effective removal for somebody like Krennic, uh, another card that was revealed this week is from the Golden Dice podcast. This is Open Fire. This is a mm -hmm. three cost tactic, it's just in the aggression trait. And it simply mm -hmm. says deal four damage to a unit. Now, you know, paying three to deal four feels good. And up until Krennic, I would have said like this, you know, is on par because, you know, three to deal four means you're killing most of your units that cost like four or less that had been revealed. But now, right. Right. you know, I see Krennic and I'm like, man, even if I'm playing an aggressive deck, open fire just doesn't get the job done. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but th this this is also one of those uh, baseline cards as well. You know, um, we 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 see it's a three cost deal four. Okay, I mean now now that gives us a baseline um, to at least look at from when we evaluate other cards from a, from from the similar standpoint. Um, but I mean, like if 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 you were to ask me, I'm paying three to deal four in any any other TCG, I'd be like eh, that's that seems about right. You know. Um, 
I mean, it, it, depending on what game you're talking about, you could be like, oh, this is really good. Or you could be like, eh, it's it's just so-so. Um, but it's still, it's still, I think it's just one of those baseline cards. But like you said, you know, this takes out, this eats, this eats that Liberator gunship. But then you look at Krennic, it's like, oh, but it doesn't really do much to Krennic, though. <laughs> yeah. You know, prior to the Krennic thing, when I was looking at units and this was revealed, I was like, all right, this is pretty relevant. It answers, mm -hmm. you know, gunship that was just revealed it answers most of the starships we've seen whether that is the x-wings uh the tie fighters but it also answered you know cards like yoda that looked really strong mm -hmm. at the you know the right. three cost answers cards like tarkin not that i think tarkin as much like needs an answer because he's more of an engine card but again like if he's right. in your way right. gives you something to do um, right. But again, you know, all of these cards are in order for a reason. Another card that it does potentially answer and another card that if you're playing an aggressive deck, you want it to get out of your way uh, is the card that was revealed during Fantasy Flight's uh, live stream this week. This is Emperor's Royal Guard. This is a three cost unit. Uh, it's villainy and I always get this, this, this one wrong. I always want to say it's like tactics, but I don't think that command command yeah 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 because tactic is the name of their events but then i always want to say like because in my head i think of it as a tactician is in right. the command thing but command right. is the right. the name of the trait so it's a villainy right. command emperor's royal guard it's a three cost ground unit has a three four stat line when you control an official unit this unit gains sentinel and then when you control emperor palpatine as a leader or a unit this unit gets plus zero plus one so or there's a lot going on here and yeah. i want to yeah. and i want to touch on all of it but you know right out of the gate open fire deals with this as long as they're not playing palpatine right it, yep. it's something yep. that will be very useful when you know you're in limited formats or things like that um but what i'm guessing is is that you're playing this when you're playing palpatine as your leader and right. I, I want to dive into that because we haven't seen Palpatine revealed yet. Oh. But I, mm. I'm i one to say, hey, if they're putting his name on a card and it's in set one, we're probably going to get a Palpatine leader. And now I want to know more. Yes, I agree. <laughs> tell me tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> um, yeah, so so the, the here's here would be my question. Okay, are we going to see and this this question would also go for Vader uh, all the other leaders so far. Are we going to see uh if we see a leader, are we going to see a unit in the first set? So are we going to see a, a Vader e, unit? Well, I know that we'll see some. I don't know if we'll see all, right? Mm -hmm. Um but mm -hmm. we've already had Leia revealed as a card and as a leader. Ah, uh, yes. So yes, there's the Leia Organa, which is the, you know, 2-2 two, two that readies a resource or exhausts the unit. And then there's the Leia Organa that is the, like, leader unit as well. Gotcha. Yep. Um, yep. And so she's the Alliance General. And, you know, it's interesting that we are talking about this now because one is Leia Organa, Defiant Princess. The other one is Leia Organa, um, you know, the, the general. And... One of the things that they covered on the Fantasy Fight live stream is the uniqueness rule and how they're handling it. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I do plan on talking about this as well, but this is interesting because it very specifically says Emperor Palpatine. So yes, 
what we know, um, and again, I'll dive into the specifics more in just a little bit, but what we know is that Emperor Palpatine is not necessarily the same as like a Senator Palpatine should they decide to right. print one. And I do appreciate right. that because the idea of like, if the Emperor's Royal Guard still gets the bonus when he's like standing next to the Senator when he's supposed to be in disguise, Under, yeah, right. you know, it doesn't have that same flavor. So right. Um, right. I, I love right. the flavor of this card specifically because it's like, if there is anybody of importance around, AKA, you know, a, a unit with the official tag, then mm -hmm. this becomes their bodyguard. And also if, you know, the emperor is around, then they're emboldened even further. You know, they're bolstered right. by his presence. So right. really dig this right. card a lot. Right. Right. Yeah. Now that you mentioned it's, it's, it, it is, it is very cool. Like there's, there's that added flavor of, okay. Uh, you get, you get one buff if you're next to an official, any official, right. Um, but now you get an additional buff if you're next to Emperor Palpatine himself. It it is from a design perspective, it's very very cool. Anytime anytime I look at a new card, right, I I try to approach it from different standpoints. Like number one, like if I'm analyzing it or evaluating it as a player, but then the other was the other way is viewing it through the lens of of design. And I think when you look at cards, you those are different lenses. You're looking at them through different types of lenses. And I think when you when you look at a card from a design standpoint, you're not looking at it the same way you would as a player or an evaluator, right? Um, and so from a design perspective, I really like this card because because there's so much going on here and it gives you a lot of information like you just went over. And that's very, very, very cool. And it's something that I feel like I could never do <laughs> well, as a designer. And I appreciate I appreciate when I see stuff like this. I so like I'm a bit of a design nerd and I love this because of all those reasons. But one thing I also want to highlight, right, is that, yes, mm -hmm. this gives you a lot of information on this card. But what this also does from a design standpoint is one, it tells a story, right? Yeah. Like, you know exactly sure. what this card is supposed to evoke. Absolutely. So that's great. But the other thing that I think is not talked about enough in game design is that what this card does as well is it serves as a signpost for new players. If you're a brand yeah. new card game player, I think it's very easy for people like you and me who've been playing card games for decades at this point, right? It's very easy for us to kind of forget what's what it's like to learn card games from scratch. Not just a new card yeah. game, but just card yeah. games from scratch. In general. Right? Yeah, so right. what this card does for somebody who's never played a card game is it says to that person, oh, I want to play this with the emperor and with official yes. cards it gives them a nudge in how yeah. they can build decks. And if you're somebody who's never built a deck before, those things matter to new players. Yeah. So while oh, this yeah. card is great from a flavor standpoint, it also does a lot for just teaching people how to play the game. I really love this card from a design standpoint. Like, I, right. I know it's super nerdy of me, but as no, somebody like, who used to be a teacher, like I, I want yeah. to recognize like, yeah, that's part of the, the piece of, building Absolutely. a game as well as like how do you teach people who've never played a game to do it absolutely and that's and that's not you know like i see a card like that you just talk about telling a story and not every card does that 
and not every game has cards that do that. So when I when I come across a card that does that, it just makes me want to just stop and really appreciate it. And then it's it's one of those things where like you ever look at a picture and I mean you you know you know the 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 saying you know pictures worth a thousand words, right? Mm-hmm. You stop and you look at a picture and then it evokes so many emotions and then you see it a hundred times, you see a hundred different things. That's kind of like I love doing that with cards and like I can do that with a card like this, like where you read it and you read it again and then you read it again. And it's like every time it's like there's just something even little, even just little that just constantly gets either either an emotion evoked or I'm I've learned something new. And if I'm able to learn multiple pieces of information on a single card, like that nerd, that card game nerd in me just really just gets excited. And I think this is one of those cards. <laughs> yeah, it, it is for me. Now, uh, I do want to just use what you said as a nice segue because there's no better way to do it. Uh, I want to point out that a picture is worth a thousand words. And so <laughs> uh, as far as art revealed this week, uh, we did get a picture on the official Star Wars Unlimited Twitter for Bodhi Rook. So we don't know what the card does, but we do have art for that particular character as well. Uh, I believe this was a character from Rogue One, and I I like the art. I mean, it's actually, I think, one of the better art pieces I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very yeah. expressive. Uh, unfortunately though it doesn't tell us a whole lot about what to expect from the unit some of these art pieces were like okay well what does this you know like evoke so i guess i'll ask you when you see this art piece does anything jump out at you or is this just like standard action shot uh the only thing that jumps out at me is like get down like get out of the way because it look it almost looks like he's kind of like trying to dodge an incoming you know he's probably getting shot up by stormtroopers because they're missing you know so that's yeah. probably what's happening here so are you wondering if uh you know perhaps he has sentinel and he's drawing fire it could be that's 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 a good one um or or actually that that actually is you know what if i had to bet i would probably put money on that in all honesty that's that's a good guess because the only thing that I was because I was going with like get down like get out of the way like he's dodging it almost but I I like that I think that's a really good um, a really good thought charmer yeah I get one every 10 years or so (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna take what you can get right (laughs) right right you know even a broken clock is right three times a day or whatever it is I don't I don't know But in, in all honesty, when I saw this, and, and obviously I know this is not that character, right? But I saw, do you, do you see some similarities to Plo Koon? Oh, well, just yeah. In, yeah, ju- just in the face. Yeah, I mean, and obviously it's, it's the, yeah. the Plo Koon, uh, Kloon, Plo, I can't, you know, you know who I yes. mean. <laughs> yes, I know who you're talking about. It's, it's <laughs> definitely that, that look, but. Um, yes, yes. Uh, I would like to see a Plo Koon leader at some point. I think that would be I, I, Plo Koon was one of my favorite characters uh, growing up. Um, I, I, if you ask me why, I probably couldn't tell you. I, it's I couldn't because tell you. he looks cool. Like I have a friend, a yes. very good friend of mine who uh, he's sadly no longer with us. Um, but I used to play tons of the old Star Wars with him. And his mm-hmm. one of his favorite characters was also Plo. And he would never admit it, but I know for a fact it was entirely based on the look and the aesthetic the appeal. And yeah. because 
I his one of his favorite characters, movie franchises, you name it, of all time was also Predator. And I kept telling him, like, oh, Plo okay, is just yeah. the Predator Jedi. And he's like, no, it's <laughs> yeah. not that. And I'm like, no, dude, it's totally no, that. Like, no, you can't it's fool totally me. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not wrong. You're 100% yeah. so, correct. Uh, that's, but I mean, it, he does look cool, right? Like, it's, it's yes, just an eye-catching correct. design in general. Yes. So Yes, yes, for sure. Oh, so uh, I alluded a little bit to it earlier, but the other piece of news that I wanted to cover is that we did get a live stream from Fantasy Flight Games this week, and the live stream in particular was centered around their casual play. So when they were talking about organized play, they kind of broke their graphic up into two different sides, right? There was the competitive Mm -hmm. side, and then there was like the casual side that was meant to introduce players to the game and get people to build a community, not really put as much emphasis on competition. Like, obviously, you're still meant to play the game, but... It's not your like cutthroat, bring the best decks type thing. And the graphic originally had uh, like three tiers on it. And so they kind of went through each of the casual play things and highlighted them. And so they started by talking about the pre-releases. The info that we got on pre-releases is that there's going to be a pre-release a week before set launches, including set one. So it's not just going to be a launch event for the start of the game. It's going to be every set a week before there's going to be a pre-release event. The pre-releases are going to be the sealed format and you will get six booster packs to open and make your deck and play. And I liked this for a number of reasons because, uh, you know, if you've watched our other episodes, you know, Flake and I are huge advocates and fans of limited play, but this is the first time that they have given us kind of any real tidbits about the types of formatting that their sealed or draft might have. So just the sheer Mm -hmm. fact that they were like, Hey, it's going to be sealed. It's, you know, you get six packs. Like to me, that was a big win. That's a big reassurance that, you know, we're going to get a little bit of what we want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, So personally, I, so sealed and limited are formats that I, I don't, I don't want to say I haven't been the biggest fans of, but, I'm more of a constructed type uh, player. I, I enjoy constructed formats, but in all honesty, the more the more sealed and limited events that I play, the more I appreciate them. Um, and and in all honesty, like I love I love anytime like I'm able to sit down and play a card game, and there not just be one way to play. I like having so many different ways to play, and you do that with formats. Right. And so um, I, I think I think sealed is a lot of fun. It, it really it really is. And I, I like I like this announcement. Right. Because, you know, it 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 make it, it does. I think it makes it more accessible for people as well. Um, but they're straight up telling you right up front. This is how they're going to do it. And, and I like it. I mean, it's um, it's it, it lowers the it lowers the barrier to entry for new players, especially in the NETCG um so it's it's it makes it a little less a little less daunting which i think is what you want at a pre-release event as well right you 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 don't want you don't want people to feel daunted to come out and play and and try to pick up the game so with that in mind the second piece that they covered and i just want to preface by saying i actually love this uh the second piece they covered is weekly play so if you're coming from like flesh and blood or magic, these are your armories, your Friday night magics, etc. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be these weekly 
play kits that are you know available to the lgs's your local game stores but the thing that they said on the stream that i really liked is that those kits are meant to be used by the stores in whatever way uh the stores feel is best for their community so they basically mm -hmm. said like it's not like you have to do constructed one week and and draft right. the next they were like hey if you're if you're a shop and everybody who's there just really loves sealed do you want to play sealed every week you can do that you want to draft yeah. every week you can do that you want to do constructed you can do that but the other thing that jumped out at me is they said also these kits are intended to support everybody who participates and they put an emphasis on participate and not play meaning if you have a sealed night and then you've got a new player who shows up and they don't know the game and so obviously they don't want to just like dive in and play sealed because they're right. still learning right. they were like right. you know what if they want to sit down and um you know if they want to buy a starter deck or, or do something and learn how to play that's them participating they also mm -hmm. can get some of the rewards from those weekly play kits if you want to show up and just build decks and like test those out on the side you're there as part of the community you are participating you are included in these weekly play kits they even mentioned like if you're just somebody who shows up and you want to trade all night because like you've got holes you want to fill in your co collection whatever you're there to be part of the community and have a good time and i just love that they put this emphasis on we want to make sure that on a weekly basis if you step in for the game like you feel supported just for being a part of it and i've not heard like any other organized play things take this approach before i think i think people have been wanting this exact type of thing in organized play for their game for a long time i feel like this is when when we've talked about any of these other new card games that are coming out right uh games that we're we're, we're all looking to play this is exactly what i feel like a lot of people have been kind of wanting and i think it's perfect i mean i remember i remember getting into magic and going to the going to my lgs and just being just feeling like I have no clue what I'm doing. I built a deck by watching, watch the video and I showed up like, guys, I have literally no idea what I'm doing, but I just want, I want to hang out. I want to play the game. I mean, I think I may have won one match all night. I had fun. I didn't care. Right. But if I'm able to just go watch, hang out. And because for me, it was mostly just watching people play. Like I'm a visual learner and the way that I learn is by watching other people do it and then them teaching me. Right. So if I'm able to just go and then watch people play, learn, and then, oh yeah, hey, you participated. Here's a card, or here's a couple cards. Here's here's your rewards for the night. Like, I I personally like I would feel like I didn't do anything. Yeah. But now, if I got like I get that, like that's that that is very very cool. I love that. I was gonna say they haven't detailed exactly what'll be in these weekly play kits yet, right? So it could be a right. promo, might right. just be extra packs to the LGS. Who knows? But right. either way, right. I am right there with you. I love that this allows you to support people who are showing up for the first time and they might feel like they're the odd one out because of the format, like if it's constructed, but you're right. new to the game and you don't want to like go up against people who have built decks makes sense. Right. Uh, if right. you've never drafted before and you don't feel comfortable, just right. play some side games, uh, you know, right. to kind of give you a, you know, example from magic, right? Like imagine that you've got, I don't know, like 15 people who show up for an event one night, right? and eight mm -hmm. people really want to draft and they have got enough for a pod, but like four of the people just wanted to play commander and a couple of others wanted to like test their standard deck for an upcoming event. 
you could mm -hmm. do all of that under yeah. this model yeah like yeah the flexibility um, is a win yeah that that is huge because i mean i remember when uh you know our, our lgs years ago um it was if you show up for a friday night magic it's standard and that's the only event that we're having and there are people who played standard they were participating in the event there were people who were playing commander they were technically not participating in friday night magic but they were there on friday night playing magic right but they were not eligible for prize support and the fact that if you just show up and play this game like that that there's nothing about that that's a loss that is all a win across the board like yeah. it's all it's it's one of those things where it's like why have people not done why have other games just not done this before you know <laughs> i yeah i i really liked it when they were talking through it now it is worth noting uh this is them talking about their their casual side right so obviously right. it's right intended for that casual audience but i still feel like this is such an easy win like you want people to play oh, yeah. your game casually too so you support right. them it's not that hard right. um exactly. so the the last part of their kind of casual play triangle uh is what they call store showdowns right and they went through them in this order because this is also the uh, order that they kind of envision things going right you have the pre-release at the start of a set and then you've got your weekly play stuff and then you know you run a store showdown now sure store showdowns are local tournaments for your lgs just like with weekly play stuff there are prizes for all the participants because the idea is that if you are new to the game or you're just learning and you've never really played in a tournament this is supposed to be like your entry level tournament environment it's still a tournament right you're still competing yep but the stakes are lower than at a bigger event so they still have participation prizes but then there's also some prizes that will go to the top performers now again they didn't outline what those were but examples they gave is like it could be you know the winners get extra packs the winners get like a special promo that's different from the participants yada 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 uh again i I like this because every game when you're when you have your casual audience but you're trying to convert them into being competitive players you need to have these kind of like low stakes events where like if you win or you lose it's not the end of the world sort of thing um so i i like that again this is that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah um it's 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 needed right it's one of the it's one of those things that any, anytime we're talking about organized play it's it's something that's needed right um but that doesn't take away from the fact that it's there and it's appreciative it's appreciated um but like again uh, draw if we're drawing parallels to to magic again right this is again equivalent to at least for me you know our, our friday night magic which it was these types of events and honestly these types of events are I don't want to say they're the lowest stakes, but it's it's at least from the standpoint of a player, it's the it's the least daunting right event for you to go play and participate in. Given, I, I think I think all things considered, this is this is going to be this is going to be that. And again, from from a new player perspective, it's one. This is the event that i'm going to feel most comfortable coming out and attending and participating in and then i think when i start going to those i think my i it's going to raise my confidence in the game and then get me it that's going to push me to, to do these other types of events i think this is like your gateway to the uh competitive circuit if you will um as uh as a whole and and i love that i absolutely love it well 
so the other thing that jumps out to me as well, you know, as you talk about being a gateway to the competitive, um, you know, let's let's just be frank. There are some card game communities uh, that are better than others at uh, making marginalized groups feel welcome, right? And mm -hmm. so part of the nervousness that sometimes comes from people deciding to attend like larger competitive events is not even so much mm -hmm. the competition as it is the like being around people you don't the know people. how you're going to yeah. be received um right. you know the flesh and blood community for example is you know traditionally very welcoming and i've had people flat out tell me you know like hey i played this because you know i tried this i tried magic and i tried you know a couple other games and i felt the most welcome in this community you know whether mm -hmm. it's you know because they're non-binary they're you know a person of color a woman whatever um mm -hmm. so giving so the reason i mentioned this is like giving your local stores the ability to run these events that also are still introducing players to a competitive environment or a competitive style of of event but within the safe space of their own local store. Because, right. like, let's be honest, if you're going right. weekly to a store, it's because you feel comfortable there. People there are oh, welcoming. Yeah. This is yeah, the best way sure. to build their confidence for them to say, okay, maybe I do want to, you know, travel to the next big event. Um, right. I, I, again, I think that's really important. And I tip my hat to them for kind of throwing this in there. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and the other thing, too, is like people who, aren't able to travel as much like this gives you that outlet to be able to maybe even play competitively like like somebody like me for example in all honesty i'm i'm pro i'm not traveling to these big these big events competitively uh <laughs> you're just, you're not I, uh I you're not flake who's in an airbnb <laughs> with no wi-fi because you're trying to prep for the battle hardened right 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 i've i've got i've got a full and, and this is not a knock on anybody either it's just i've got a full-time job i've got you know i've got a family that i can't i can't leave unfortunately i don't want to say it. it's not it's it's not unfortunate or fortunate it's, it's none of those things right it's just i've i have i have responsibilities that i i sometimes i wish i could just up and go play card games uh i i do have those conversations with my wife saying okay can i go play some card games this weekend <laughs> Sometimes she says, no, you're not allowed. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. But you, you know what I mean, right? Oh, I believe so, me. I definitely yeah, know what yeah, you yes, mean. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> so, so, and that was like for, for, for me, like our, our LGS, unfortunately, before it closed, it was like, that was my outlet. Like I was able to, all right, they've got a tournament. Okay. I'm able to go. I, I don't even have to travel 15 minutes. I'm able to play in a competitive event that gives that scratches that itch that lets me get that outlet and now and now I'm good I don't have to spend two three days traveling to an event which would I like to you know if 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 it's a game that I'm in heavily invested in and I maybe want to push myself sure I can I can try and I can try and compete in that type of event but having these events gives me that ability to go out compete and get that outlet there's again this is another one of those things where there's no there's literally like no downside i just don't see the downside and like like you just talked about player comfort just giving uh communities local communities that comfort of you don't have to leave your uh your comfort level for lack of a better for lack of a better term of your local store you have your community that you have uh built up that you, that you have formed a bond with and then you are able to compete with those people that you're a part of that community with that's it's it's it's, it's an absolute great thing
I'm I'm just really excited to see what the rest of the organized play looks like because if they put this yeah. much thought into just the casual side, like mm -hmm. I'm I'm now waiting with bated breath for them to cover the rest of it. But yeah, with with yeah. that in mind, uh, the last thing that they covered, and this was actually really like the bulk of their live stream was kind of going over this particular rule. Uh, they covered how unique cards work in Star Wars Unlimited, but specifically, they didn't just like cover the rule. They also talked about the design intent behind it. So again, the nerd, the geek in me, the design freak, I was like, all right, great. I want to hear why. I want to hear the reasoning. So uh, first, let's just start with the rule. Um, the little kind of like star icon that's in front of cards like, uh, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin, Leia Organa, et cetera, et cetera, uh, that does denote unique. Like we all anticipated because every Star Wars game has a, a unique rule, right? However, mm -hmm. yep. the cards that are unique are one, only unique to your side, meaning like you yep. can only have one. But the other right. bit where it deviates from other Star Wars games is that it's not just the main title, but it's also the subtitle that it counts. Yes. So in traditional okay. Star Wars games, going back through, because you know there's been countless card games and, and board games and whatever, traditionally mm -hmm. unique is like unique, right? You couldn't have uh, you know, two different versions of you know, Luke on the board, right? You could only have Luke. Luke is unique. However, they, they were talking about things that were coming up during playtesting and how this choice impacted design. And ultimately, they felt mm -hmm. like games were more enjoyable when they went unique to the subtitle. And the reasoning was, um, one, during deck building, right? If you're somebody who has a favorite Star Wars character, so like on the show, they used Kanan Jarrus, right? Like one of the guys is a big Kanan fan from Rebels. Okay. They're like, yep. if you are like, hey, I'm a big Kanan fan and there happens to be a Kanan leader card. You're all in like, all right, Kanan's going to be my leader. Then you open up a pack and what do you see? You see this like ultra cool legendary Kanan unit and you're like, wow, I can't wait to play with this. But oh, that means I'm probably not playing my Kanan leader because mm -hmm. I can't have them both out at the same time. So now I feel bad. And so what they decided was that they always wanted that experience, that feeling of like, if you open up your favorite character, you should be excited and should also open you up uh, to, if you want, they were saying, like, it might not be the right choice, right? But like, if you want, right. you could just build an all Kanan deck or an all Luke right. or an all Vader deck, right? And right. I, right. I really like this because one of the things that I talk about, one of the tenets of like good card games is player expression. So mm -hmm. being able to let players kind of play the game the way they want to. And right. I think this this does it some justice. But then they also were talking about how you can, from a balance standpoint, also make the game far more enjoyable if you go down to the subtitle. Because mm -hmm. let's just say hypothetically, right, there are five different loot cards. But if mm -hmm. you can only have one loot in play at any given time, that means that whichever of those five is the best Luke is the only one that ever goes in a deck. Right. Every other Luke at that point is basically obsolete because yep. why would you run them if you can only have one in play anyway? So it ruins your card pool. It ruins like deck building strategies, et cetera, et cetera. And mm -hmm. there, there were just so many, I think, good points that were made that, you know, I'm, 
I'm a bit of an old schooler. You know, I come from Decipher and whatever. We're like unique is unique, but I have been won over by their choice. I, mm-hmm. I really like this. Mm-hmm. This this is a this is a thing where I think Magic got it right, right? Where the if if you play Magic, this is no different than than you playing Magic the Gathering, right? I can have five different um, Lilianas on the board, um, but if I can only have, I mean, there's there's unfortunately there's I I know of many Lilianas, but uh, here Liliana's Death Majesty, we'll we'll go with that one, okay? You can only have one Liliana's Death Majesty on board, but you can have five different other Lilianas as long as they don't share the same name and it's still technically the name because they don't have like the the uh, it's not a hyphenated name but after the comma yeah 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 right so i i think i think i think i think that is the correct way to do it because like you just said as well like it 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 eliminates those those feel bads right if i'm all in on star killer uh which uh, uh yes please. can we can we get a can we get a star killer later that that'd be phenomenal absolutely phenomenal i would love i would love to to have a bunch of star killer cards that that would be so cool right from, i i want to de- go to a tournament i want to sit across from sam whitwer and he's playing a deck that's just darth maul and star killer and nothing else <laughs> that would be that would be great that'd be hilarious <laughs> but like again you just talked about it. player expression. I the the theory crafting in the deck building. Like as a deck builder, I love building a deck based off of like anything, like a theme, um, a trait, anything. Right, and that it, and then if you're telling me I can't really approach building a deck from a character route because it's just not feasible, then that's that's another feels bad. So. Like I, th- I do think that is the correct design way to go about it. And again, it's another, it's another thing that I'm like, uh, check, check it off. And yes, please. It's another well, thing that just makes me more excited about this game. You know, another thing they had talked about on their live stream is that each of the cards represents like a moment in time, right? So it's yeah, not like it's right. true coexistence anyway. And right. the, the thing that always jumped out to me, and they also kind of covered it on their, their stream, is that. When I think about Anakin and Darth Vader, right? Let's mm-hmm. just examine this unique rule from like even just a, a logistical standpoint. Right. Um, am I allowed to have Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader on the board? They have completely different names, right? Like we know they're the same mm-hmm. person, but if there's a card for Anakin and there's what, a card wait, for Vader. Wait, 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 say what? Yeah, they're they're uh, the same what? person. They're th- what dude. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know spoilers. So, so if, the, but it's one of those things where like for a new player, um, it's not really intuitive. Like we know they're the same person, yeah. but it's not really intuitive right. to say like, well, those two can't be, right. you know, even if you go smaller, right? Like Obi-Wan Kenobi versus a Ben Kenobi, for example. Right. Same, same issue, same thing. So right. the minute yep. that you start conceding those, well, then it becomes like, well, why does like, why is Vader cool enough that he gets to have like two different versions, but like, I can't have Senator Palpatine and Emperor Palpatine, for example, because right. of the, the moments in time. And then we get, again, because of this change, we get cards like Emperor's Royal Guard, where you can go further into the theme of like, this is the Emperor as Palpatine versus like this is Senator Palpatine and his feel. Um right. I just I just really think that it's the right choice. Like I like mm-hmm. their explanation behind why they chose mm-hmm. to do it this way. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Now, um, I have a question for you then. Um, so, and and many games um, approach the, it's it's essentially the legendary rule, right? Mm -hmm. They approach this topic from different, different avenues, right? There are some games where it's like, you're not even able to play a card with the same name. Um, now, in this game, do we know if we have a, let's just say it's it's a singular Darth Vader card on board? and we have another one in hand, are we even allowed to play that same card or is that against the rules? Do we know? Uh, no, so they covered it in the uh, quick start rules. Um, let me see if I can pull it up so I can like read the exact thing, but essentially the way that it's worded is that uh, you defeat one of them. So like you can play it. Oh, yeah, if there's right. ever that's two right. in play, then that's you right. defeat one. Um, that's right that's right okay. now that might so be i was gonna say that might be relevant because it specifically uses the word defeat and so if you've got things that are like on defeat triggers we might be able mm -hmm. to like even abuse that we'll have to wait and see but it's either that or on play or enters play triggers uh yeah yeah there's there are games uh the one that's coming to my mind is uh final fantasy there's a final fantasy trading card game and in that game, if you have a unique slash legendary card on board, you are not even allowed to play. They're not even allowed to enter play at all. Um, and some games approach approach it that way, which is not as good in my opinion, because again, when you have a card, when you have a legendary card that has an either uh, defeat or on playability, you want to take advantage of it. Then it's just like, oh, you can't. That's another one of those feels bad moments, which yeah. again, you're always going to have those feels bad, but um, you, trying to eliminate those as best as you can um, is is the way to go about it, in in my opinion. But yeah, so like a, one of the opinion. examples is Leia, right? Leia Organa, the mm -hmm. two for the two two has the when played ready a resource yeah. or exhaust a unit, for example, yep. right? If you've got yep. that, you want to do it. Same thing with Tarkin. He's got the dig. It, he's designed to be an engine card so like of course right. if i have more right. than one target i want to play it and keep drawing yep. more imperials yep yep exactly exactly it's 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 another one of those uh card game nerd in me is that's how i'm looking at it and um i'm always looking at the rules like okay how can i break this right right and that's and that's and that's one of those things like okay i i see the rule i see the rule but how can I get around this or what can I do to circumnavigate uh, those rules? And, and that's and that's always literally one of those rules is, okay, you have a legendary rule. Okay, what exactly is the rule and how can we work within that framework? Well, you know, earlier we were talking about Luke, right? And yes. you had kind of highlighted that this is a game that has a back and forth nature, right? It's using like the initiative mm -hmm. system. It's very similar to Artifact in the way it handles players' turns. And so, you know, when you're talking about ways to kind of break the rules what i think people are going to end up finding is that characters like that leader luke are way more powerful than they look because when everything is i take an action you take an action i take an action what happens is is certain setups get telegraphed and while mm -hmm. there's no true like counter spell in this game if i suspect that what you're getting ready to do is like attack my unit directly well then i can apply the shield in between you setting up your cool combo right yeah. like that's yeah. the actual counter yeah. spell it just takes forethought yeah. instead of after the fact but yep. what yeah, this, this what a fun this way to break things yeah this game is going to be very 
You know, we, we talk about we talk about terms like uh, proactive and reactive a lot when we're talking about card games. And, you know, you, it's typically you want to be more. I know there, 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 there is no you typically want to be more because it all depends on your strategy. It all depends on what you're doing. Like if you're playing, if you're playing counter, right, if you're playing counter spell, if you're playing a more control type of game, you're going to be by its nature, you're going to be more reactive, right? If you are playing more aggressive, you are most likely going to be more proactive. Okay. Now there's, 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 you know, there's uh, exceptions to the rule, right? Um, one of the one of the most famous um, articles I think ever written um, in uh, about in or about Magic: The Gathering or card games in general is who is the beatdown, right? And that is you need to um, Michael Flores, I believe, was the was the guy who wrote that article. And essentially, what it was is you need to, as a player in a game, you need to recognize, okay, what, who am I? Like, am I the one who is supposed to be initiating combat? Am I supposed to be calling the beatdown? Am I supposed to be the player who is being proactive here? Or do I need to be more reactive? Like, do I need to be on my heels? Do I need to be defensive? This type of turn structure, this type of game, you are now approaching it from a very different standpoint. It's it's another one of those, okay, how I've analyzed cards and games in the past when when approached with a game like Star Wars Unlimited, it just turns it on its head. And it's, again, the card game nerd in me is like, this is super exciting because I'm having to think about all these strategies in a very, very different, different way. Um, so I'm, I am interested, the more cards we get and the more we learn about the game, how terms like proactive and reactive are going to affect certain strategies and how that's going to play in a typical game of uh, Star Wars Unlimited. Yeah, it's very interesting because most other card games that people have played it, it's very clear who is even by nature like the proactive person right from a turn structure standpoint so you might be playing a right. reactive deck but like mm -hmm. when it's your turn you don't have to worry about them attacking you right because it's your right. turn when it's your turn right. in hearthstone the other scrolls legends magic even flesh and blood right like one person's attacking one person's defending at any given moment with this game, it's going to be very similar to Artifact where it's like, I do one, you do one, yeah. which means we're both on offense at all times and we're both right. on defense at all times. And so what is the best use of my action economy? I think right. that's ultimately, yep. if it's not that term, it'll be very um, similar to something like that, but like action economy and how yep. you navigate that is going to, I think, how you dictate things and another thing that's going to jump right. out is again somebody who played a ton of artifact knowing when to pass to take initiative for the following turn yeah. is also going to be a really yeah. big skill tester yep yep there's there's another game out i don't know if you've ever played it. it's called ashes or ashes reborn um it is not a tcg but it is a um expandable card game right so expandable also known as well uh fantasy flight coined the term a uh, living card game yeah yeah um so ashes reborn is a very similar system where it's you take a turn or you take you do an action i do an action and i remember playing that game and that's also another game where there's uh, dice involved as well um uh very much akin to star wars destiny right 
Um, but I remember playing that game. It was again, like I'm playing, it's just very different, right? From the standpoint of I do an action, I do a thing, you do a thing and then pass back and forth. But they also, that game also had a very similar initiative, uh, structure where if you like, if you don't pass, you can, you can take the initiative, right? I don't remember what it was called in that game, but it's very similar to this. Uh, so it's something that I'm a at least a little bit used to. And I remember in getting into that game, it's, it's. It's again, it's another, okay, do I pass here because I want to take initiative to be able to go first the next turn, right? It's just another one of those decisions that you have to factor into, again, the action economy of, okay, what's going to happen the next turn if I'm able to go first? It's a very interesting uh, question. Um, now, however, I, I do I do need to correct you though, okay? Um, if I'm playing control, I'm not playing on my turn. If I'm playing mono blue, it's untapped pass. Okay, yeah, I'm doing absolutely all, all my stuff right. on your turn. <laughs> what, what I just mean is that you don't have to worry about them attacking you on yes, your turn, correct. right? Yes. So. Right, right. yep. That's the known. That's the content. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yes. the the last thing that I just wanted to highlight, this isn't necessarily like true game news, but I feel like this is at least the first step toward the community getting things in place for this game that exists for almost every card game that exists. Uh, and that mm -hmm. is that there is a community tool that I have found myself using more and more lately. Uh, this was developed by a Reddit user, Citizen Keen, and it is just uh, SWUDB.com. So think Star Wars Unlimited Database.com. And uh, at the moment, it's pretty bare bones, but it just has all of the cards with their card art that have uh, been revealed thus far on the site. So it's a very easy way to keep track of, you know, what's out there as the game is growing and being more revealed. Uh, another Kind of quick note if you're using the site uh, for all of the leader units when you click on them um, they will show the like deploy option and, and then if uh, you click on the button you can see the flip side as well uh, but again i i've been using this and so i just wanted to give a shout out because i i know from other card games that i play what kind of effort goes into even something that looks like this very simple website um, yep. it's a pretty big deal so whenever somebody takes yep. their time like their own personal time to do this. I, I want to give, you know, props. So it's out there. Absolutely. Check it out. Absolutely. And all, in all honesty, before we started the podcast, I, I did not know of this existence. And so as we're going through, because that's literally one of the first things that I'm looking for is, all right, I need a database. I need all the images. I, I need everything. And I, again, I know how much work that these things uh how much it takes to put these databases into effect. And so now I know that uh, for Star Wars Unlimited, I will be using SWUDB.com. So thank you, Citizen well, Keen. <laughs> yeah, uh, very, very much appreciated. I will also be using it. So yep. usually Flake and I uh, do this, we cover the news, and then we have a topic to talk about. But this week, Flake's not here. So... This episode is going to be uh, Charmer Strikes Back. I'm going to pick the topic. <laughs> and I felt like it was actually very timely because I feel like this is something that I, I can ask you as kind of like an outside uh, source, somebody who's obviously like not doing a podcast for it, not a, you know, huge 
like member of uh, the front-facing Star Wars uh, Unlimited community yet. yet. Uh, I, I say yet because I, <laughs> I know you and you probably will be, right? But um, but also, I wanted to ask you this as well and have this be the topic because when I was a guest on your show, Hobbies and Happiness, we had talked about what does uh, a TCG have to do to be successful, right? Because mm-hmm. there are so many that have tried and failed. And, you know, I think I said on your show... You know, if making a card game was easy, then people would have already been doing it, right? Like, there's a reason yep. that so many yep. fail. There's a lot you have to yep. get right. So what I wanted to have our, our discussion be about this week is, what in your mind does fantasy flight games need to do, one, for this game to be successful, and two, uh, I'm not going to pull any punches, what do they have to do to give potential players confidence that this is a game they will continue to support when we know that some players uh, have been burned. Because I'll be honest, again, not pulling punches, when I talk to people and I say like, hey, there's a Star Wars game coming and the rules look great, I love the design choices, and then they say like, all right, well, who's doing it? And when I say Fantasy Flight Games, they go, oh, you know, like either I'll pass or I think I'll wait or... You know, I, I hope that it survives, right? Like the, the moment I say that, and it's very weird to me because I like Fantasy Flight Games as a company. Like my yeah. my closet here is filled with their board games. Like I love the product they produce, but there's this very clear sentiment amongst card game players, especially ones that have played Fantasy Flight Games in the past, like Star Wars Destiny that you mentioned, where yeah. they're hesitant to get their heart broken again. So I, I wanted to ask those two questions to you. Like, what does it have to do to be successful? But also, what does it have to do to instill confidence in the players that, like, they're in this for the long haul? Mm-hmm. Well, I think after today. So today, so when we're recording this, okay, um, you know, let's, let's, I mean, I don't want to say throw a, you know, throw a Ravensburger under the bus here or anything, because it's, <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think it that that would be accurate. But um, today the, there was uh, allocation numbers have come out for uh, for Lorcana and it yeah. not look good at all. No, right? they have severely severely underestimated the demand for their game. Okay, now this is a company who this is their first foray into a trading card game. This is not Fantasy Flight's first foray into into a TCG. Okay, so I don't want to say like I'm going to give them a pass, but I think they're they're going to learn from this. Now, uh, someone had made a comment of they could they could not have printed enough. Maybe that's true. Okay. Now we'll we'll get more with Wave Two, but right now it's looking like there's just going to be a lot of disappointment across the board, and I think there's going to be a lot of people who just say I'm not even going to try, not going to play because I can't even get my hand on product, and then I got to wait two months to get more products. <laughs> just I'm not even going to try. Okay? Uh-huh. So I think the first thing, and it seems like an obvious thing. But, you know, when you talk about set one, it you got to make sure you have enough products for people to play, especially when you're wanting to do organized play and you want to support all these stores for these events. Well, and, and run pre-releases, right? Like if, if they're uh, yeah. already talking about set one pre-releases, like you can't run a yeah. pre-release without having you, packs. Yeah, exactly. So, again, this is it's not looking good. It's not it's like that. That is the honest truth. It, it's not looking good. Um, and now there's people who are still very excited for it. I mean, I'm still excited, 
but at the same time i'm not look i'm not excited for those numbers i'm absolutely not so the, so ffg's got to make sure that they are going to print i mean people have been saying printed into oblivion there uh, needs to be enough stuff there's got to be enough product I, well so before we jump into the other like meat of the answer i do want to point something out right the yep. wh whoever it was that said like they couldn't have printed enough i want to point out that this isn't um like maybe that's true but like this isn't like okay they printed the same as other card games and it was still not enough right like this is they didn't even right. hit what right. other card games hit for like standard stuff when i've right. seen these allocation yeah. numbers like they're abysmally small and this is mm -hmm. on top mm -hmm. of unlike other card games this is on top of when they made their original announcement they were like hey we're gonna give product to the lgs's first and then to the big box stores and we're gonna yeah. carry the cards in our theme parks right yeah like basically anywhere yeah. where like you can get disney stuff you're gonna get this so for Lorcana, right. i think where people are extra let down is they're like well if we were expecting it to be available all over those areas but now we're getting like 10 percent of our order you know mm -hmm. one it's either we're getting shortchanged because the big box stores are going to get it all and then that's going to sour people or mm -hmm. you were so drastically like small mm -hmm. on your print numbers that you thought like what stores were going to get like four boxes and you were still going to have enough left over for your theme parks and your targets yeah. and your walmarts right like yeah so what i want to say is we haven't heard what the intent is yet from ffg and that is one of the things that has been in the back of my mind is that this is a card game that you could very easily sell booster packs at like you know uh galaxy's edge at the, mm -hmm. the theme parks yep. right you know i've got yep. i've got a, a deck of sabak that i bought there um back on my shelf but right next to that it you know that establishment you could have packs for this is that their Absolutely. plan we don't know but when you say like you have to have enough product like this is a game where i agree you've i think you've got to print it a lot of it mm -hmm. <laughs> yep absolutely and for and for somebody like me you know and in our communities it's like dude like we want a lot of product because i mean like people you need to be able to sell singles and i'm the type of person as well like if 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 I'm ever telling anybody to make, you know, build a deck or get, get into a certain format, normally, you know, I, I, my advice is typically buy singles, right? Buy singles. But in order for there to be product to, you know, there to be singles on the market, there's got to be enough hand, there's got to be enough product in people's hands where they're able to have what they want. And now they're able to sell, you know, uh, singles on in the secondary market. So um yeah that's that's just it's just t today is a perfect day to talk about that because it's like there's a lot of people who are just very apprehensive and just very just worried with with numbers like that and th i do not want to see that to happen to star wars unlimited that's it's it's if if a game like star wars unlimited can get it right and then you have other games that are struggling I mean, that might be the deciding factor of an, of a player saying, okay, well, I'm going to play Unlimited because I'm actually able to get product and then I'm not going to play, uh, you know, Lorcana or, or whatever the game is because I just can't get stuff. So so that, that that's that's one of the biggest things in, in, in my estimation. Um, now, to, to your second question, 
Um, I think in all honesty, I think they're off to the right start, right? When they had their initial live stream, you know, they they talked quite a bit uh, from what I re remember about the failures uh, from FFG regarding Destiny. Now, I didn't play Destiny, but I have heard a lot of people with many good memories from that game and they had a lot of fun with it. And the way Destiny just fizzled out left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And the unfortunate thing is it's not just Star Wars Destiny. There are other games, but I think Star Wars Destiny is probably the is probably the biggest failure uh, from FFG in this regard. And I think what that ultimately comes comes down to is just lack of communication. Now, I think the way FFG is situated uh, currently is different from how it was situated back then. It sounds like they've learned something. They they've they've i don't want to say they've learned their lesson right because that just has like a weird connotation to it but it does seem like they've learned a little bit from the debacle that is uh star wars destiny fizzling out and so they've learned something from that and then they're coming at they're coming at unlimited with that knowledge and then saying okay hey we know we screwed this up and we don't want we we're we're trying to win back your trust and it seems like that's what they're trying to do uh, so far the communication seems like it's on point like i think they are working in the right direction everything is going i don't want to say it's going in their favor but they seem to be doing a lot of things right and as long as they can keep communicating with the fans um, in a consistent manner um, and the way that they're already getting the community involved with even the reveals and how they're revealing artwork um, and cards it's just it's doing a lot of things right and honestly they're doing a lot that i wish other card games were doing right we're still what six months out from release and the fact at that a we're minimum all like we don't have yeah, a release date we just know it's next year yeah. and the fact that we're getting all of this information and involvement from the community is just they're 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 doing a lot of things right and it's it's making me and, and and honestly it's one of the reasons where i'm like i'm giving this another look and really interested and excited to dive more into it because how they're handling it because like you said we talked about unlimited on our podcast when it first was announced and we did an entire podcast episode about but it's ffg and it's a star wars game they don't have a good history here and we talked in for an entire episode about it so i'm right there with you but i mean since then they it seems like they're making they're they're doing a lot of things right in my opinion yeah what i continue to look at is the 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 signs that point me in the right direction like you said they're doing a lot of things right what I sincerely hope and what continues to give me hope is that they have or what appears to be enough autonomy in like the running and the design of this game yeah. from card game players. And I think that that means that they also will know how to, to handle the organized play thing. So like on the right. most recent live stream, one of the guys literally said like, I love, you know, OP, organized play, and I could talk about it forever. If you have more questions, let me know. He's very clearly excited about it. But also when I look at the way that the card game has been designed, uh, there's a lot of hallmarks that tell me, you know, this is designed by people who know card games. And it even right. comes down to, um, you know, one of the things I mentioned in a previous episode is that what stands out to me as somebody who's played a lot of card games is like, the detail to 
the player experience when you look at things like the way they uh, selected and, and built out their templates and their borders. So yeah. when you look at a unit card, cost and the you know traits are on the left, right? So you know mm -hmm. right away when you fan your card, if you're right-handed and you fan left to right, you know you all the info. That, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Because you, how many card games do it right? <laughs> you're, you, you're, I mean, we've been wrong, playing card dude. games. I've been you're playing card games for wrong. 30 years. And yeah, with the exception wrong, of man. Future Sight and Magic, where they were like, hey, let's give them a random new border. We've <laughs> so never bad. had somebody get it right. But it's yeah. even further, right? It's like uh, the upgrade cards mm -hmm. and the token cards, like the shield and the experience token. Yeah. Those with the design where it's on the bottom. So if you on put your bottom, card on top, yeah. right? Like, yeah. it seems so small. But what that tells it, me is this is a game being designed by card game players. So I'm hoping mm -hmm. what that means is there's enough autonomy and decision making being made at the upper levels still by card game players who understand yeah. what it takes to support a, a card game and be successful that that's what mm -hmm. continues to give me hope mm -hmm. yeah when i saw vader's lightsaber and i saw the stats at the bottom of the card i'm like that just is beautiful that's perfect because yeah. as card game players i know what i'm doing is i'm putting this immediately underneath, underneath the, card. the card that i'm upgrading so duh it makes perfect sense it's yeah. like it's another one of those things where it's like why has this not been done this way for forever you know <laughs> i yeah i'm right there with you same thing when i saw uh the experience token so yeah. if you haven't uh at home seen the actual artwork for the experience token one the art is fantastic it's luke doing a one-handed yeah. handstand like with yoda on top of him but also yeah. again just very clean almost like a yep. full artwork shot and then you get this mm -hmm. like plus one plus one on the bottom i love it I love everything about mm -hmm. that. So what I keep looking at is, you know, when I see the way the cards are presented, when I hear what they're saying about organized play, uh, even further on this week's live stream, when I hear the thought process behind why they chose to do unique the way they did, it's very clear, like player experience is important to them. And these are people who have played card games for a long time. So what I can only hope is that they you know, I know they want this to be as successful as as mm -hmm. we do as players. Like, I, I know that's right. their desire. What I can only hope for is that there's not this weird disconnect between the people designing and making the game and then the people, like, in charge of the budgets. Because what mm -hmm. I know from other games and where they traditionally fail is that you've got executives or something similar who don't understand what it takes to engage your player base and so right you don't you don't get the permission or the ability to do the things you want to do right 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 um and and that and and again that that was before my time unfortunately i i hear i hear a lot of people talk you know especially especially you and flake about the good old days of uh the star wars ccg and anytime I hear conversations like that, I'm just like, man, I really wish I was into playing that game before. Like, let me just... let me tell you, if you ever get the opportunity uh, to ahead of time tell Flake, hey, I'm going to be at this event. Are you going to be there? Will you bring some Star Wars decks? He will bring them and he will teach you how to play and you okay. will be in for a ride. Do you want to know what we Sorry. were doing this weekend when we were at the uh, Airbnb of his where it had no Wi-Fi? Were you playing Star Cl Wars CCG? Cl close. Okay. 
it what was actually uh we got a hold of some of the uh first gen starter decks for the decipher lord of the rings game which is another game very near oh, and dear to me okay um that was the first okay. game that i ever did any play testing for right so okay we were cool. taking a trip down memory lane doing that yeah. we will always bring old card games back out and and revisit them so I, in fact Very i actually cool. have pictures of uh flake teaching my kids how to play nice. the the lord of the rings game so very cool very cool I'll, yeah I'll, I'll have to i'll have to i'll have to hit him up because we uh it's funny you mentioned that because we we just had a uh, uh, steven uh dm armada on our on our podcast and you know we were talking about dice masters right mm -hmm. and and uh uh, him and Flake are going to be in town for a uh, flesh and blood tournament. I think in a week. I think they're going to be here in a week. And and we were yeah, like, yeah, isn't you know, there a probably... battle hardened coming up in Chicago? Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep, there is. So we're like, you know, so we'll probably hang out. We'll probably go down there and hang out with them. And uh, uh, Stephen was like, yeah, maybe maybe I'll bring because he was telling us about this one because he gave us our card of the week, right? And of course, it's a dice masters card, so he had some pretty great stories behind it. And then he was telling us about this other, it was a Dungeons and Dragons card, I think. And he was like, yeah, maybe I'll have to bring that deck. Because Jim was very much in, uh, Jim very much loved the card. Um, I can't remember what it was offhand. But he was like, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to bring it and I can show you how to play. We're like, sweet. So now we'll have to have that as well as uh, Flake bring in some Star Wars CCG. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Star Wars, Star Wars CCG is a different beast. Like, it, yes it changed the way that I looked at card games, like legitimately just because it was so different from anything else, but it was also the mm -hmm. first time where like card counting mattered. Like I, I yeah. can a hundred percent say with full confidence, I would have never learned how to count cards if it weren't for the decipher star Wars game. And now, uh, yeah. now, you, you know, that, 20 yeah. years later when I'm playing flesh and blood and I'm trying to like do my pitch stacking, I'm like, Oh, thank God I played star Wars. If I was trying to learn this from scratch, like I would hate yeah. myself right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. Very cool. All right. So, um, yeah, I just I felt like that was a, a good thing, you know, that I, I wanted to talk about and ask because yeah. that is the number one thing that I I hear from people, and it might just also yeah. be my local crew because here locally we have a, a number of people that were very into destiny like they'll they'll still mm -hmm. play it sometimes like they'll still break yeah. stuff out and like they wanted it to be successful and so you know i also might just get a bit of the barrage from that but i i wanted to you know bring it up and, and talk it through yeah. so i appreciate you giving your thoughts um, absolutely absolutely we occasionally have uh viewers ask us our thoughts on other things as well so uh, I think now is a good time for us to transition to that, and we're going to jive into our uh, bad-feeling mailbag. I don't know. I have a bad feeling about this. I have a bad feeling about this. I have a really bad feeling about this. Oh, I have a bad feeling about this. Yeah, you and me both. All right, so our first question comes from NTQ, and they say, going off the Anakin, uh, Anakin Innovator, not Anakin. Actually, you know what, Anakin, Anakin's like, uh, if you had some sort of like situational family comedy, uh, when he's little Annie, but he's like getting into hijinks, he'd be like, oh, you're up to it, uh, you know, again, Annie, it'd be Anakin. Anyway, uh, Anakin Innovator idea. 
Uh, do you think they do old Ben strike me down action uh, that when he's defeated, you'll put in his forced uh, forced ghost? <laughs> uh, it's a two-sided ally unit that has uh, weeks uh, stats, but uh, you know, as old Ben. But then when you flip the uh, to the ghost, you get a boost. Could make uh, for an interesting GP. So um, essentially, what they're saying is, is you'd have a unit that might have weak stats and it's just old Ben and like the entire point is that when he dies he becomes the force ghost and right. then like guides your unit or um you know maybe maybe you know we know that experience is a token that you can get so like maybe he's a force mm -hmm. ghost who hands out experience tokens or something like that I could see something like mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. yeah I think I think with the IP like we, we've we've seen these types of effects in, in other card games right so it's not it's not it's nothing that like you haven't seen before but what I really like is um using mechanics right from existing from existing games or, or or whatever but when you're using it in an IP like it's just it's a natural niche like it, it, it just automatically fits into a theme, into the IP. And I think this is one of those. Like this is just a perfect like story element, um, just perfect, a perfect opportunity with the IP to utilize that type of effect. So um, I honestly, I'd kind of be surprised if we didn't see something like this maybe down the line. Um, but I, I, th I think honestly, I think it's a perfect idea to utilize uh, something like that for sure yeah i'm gonna need the force ghost version of obi-wan kenobi to teach me how to speak properly because uh <laughs> as we record this here full disclosure <laughs> right because of flake being inaccessible this week full disclosure uh we normally record this like in the middle of the week so that we have time to edit and prepare things or whatever uh it is 1 19 a.m on friday night uh, technically Saturday morning, one nineteen on Saturday morning. And, uh, you know, Dan here is kind enough to be recording this with me. So I'm mm -hmm. a bit tired and I still have hours of editing. I'm going to have to do afterwards, which is why I'm sure the beginning of this show will not look like it normally looks like it'll be something different. All the clips will be different. Um, it's really flakes fault, but that, that is no, why I swear this, this I've been drinking like said, is a uh, coffee. Dude. Uh, like you said, it's it's Revenge of Charmer. Yeah, yeah. No, this is what happens. Flake, <laughs> let me just say, if you leave me, this is what happens. The quality just goes off a cliff. Yeah, people are going to think that I'm over here, like, you know, with a screwdriver. But this mug, I swear, is just coffee trying to keep me awake because it's the middle of the night. But uh, we got a, uh, got a couple more user questions that were sent so this one is from Rawls Treebeard what's your opinion on supports uh, aka enchantment uh, artifacts non-unit permanents uh, they've been polarizing in a lot of different card games enabling very different play patterns than usual uh, more unit centric ones that most games start out as so uh, specifically I think that this is also kind of leading back to the Elder Scrolls Legends right where it was a very board centric game. It appears this one is meant mm -hmm. to be similar to that because we have the space and the ground. But then in Elder Scrolls, you had supports and they were a bit polarizing just because you didn't have great ways to interact with them unless you ran specific cards that targeted them. You you didn't right. have any other way to like get rid of them. And Magic right. has a, you know, 
had issues with that on and off over time, but it's kind of the same concept, right? If you're right. playing in a format where there's some powerful enchantments, but only a few colors or decks have access to, say, enchantment removal, um, right. it can feel polarizing. So mm-hmm. um, with that in mind, what are your thoughts, Dan? Well, um, in all honesty, I think... I, I want to say it's kind of needed, but I it, I don't think it is necessarily needed. But it depends on who you talk to, right? Like if you talk to somebody who's been around card games a long time, they might have that opinion of they think it's needed. I kind of do, um, because I'm the type of player where I like seeing I love seeing multiple different types of cards, like card types. Um, like anytime I approach a game, and if it's like, oh, there's only three card types, that's not that's not interesting enough for me um now i'm the type of person where i'll play it i'll give anything a try um but i want to see more now the thing that i think star wars unlimited has that you know a game like magic doesn't have right is and and i know and you guys talked about it last week um but i'm able to play anything in my deck i'm not restrict i mean i'm i'm restricted from the standpoint of I may have to, I got to pay a tax if I don't have if I'm if I'm not running those certain traits right, mm-hmm. um, but I can still play those cards. So if you're if you're only able to get let's just say item removal, okay, if you're only able to get item removal in um, in green for for whatever reason, right? Let's just say that's the card or a color, right? I can still get it if I'm not playing that at all. Right. I I have to pay a tax, but I can still run those cards in my deck. Right. So I think it opens it opens it opens up uh, more possibilities from a deck builder's standpoint. Um, but I, I always like different card types, just giving me more access to different types of abilities. Um, I'm also the type of person where when I see a game like Star Wars, I'm like, all right, can we do locations? <laughs> For some reason, I'm like, that's my thing. I like different locations and I don't know why I just like I, I like stuff like that. I, I love I like what it brings to the table from a flavor standpoint and a story standpoint. Um, and that's one of the things that I'm always, for whatever reason, looking looking to. And I think that might I mean, that kind of goes to the question, but uh, they're polarizing. Yeah, but as, lo- as long as there's answers for it and in a game like this, you're going to be able to run it. You're not restricted. So I, I like right, it. So- I want to see it. I'm not necessarily against them, but I I do want to say I think there are a couple of different ways that you can actually still pull off the same feeling of those cards without mm-hmm. breaking like what's already been presented to us as card types. Because one of the things sure. that this game has that many other games don't have is the presence of your specific thematic zones. The idea of we have a ground zone and yeah. we have a space zone and this is a game that also features the ability to directly attack units, right? So, yeah. If you want to represent something that is like just like a static boost that would normally be a support card to your ground units. Instead, you make that be a base card or something and it's now it's just mm-hmm. it's a 04 Maybe it has shield or something too, but it's just like it's a zero four on the ground. And so now there's still a way for your opponent to interact with it that is thematic. Because again, like if you install a bunker, well, you know, I'm going to raid it with my Ewoks and blow up the bunker on Endor so that I can, you know, stop your Death Star from having the bonus. Like that's literally what the third uh, of the original trilogy, you know, climax was about, right? We have to blow up the shield generator on Endor so we could get to the Death Star so 
Like, I think that you we're going to see something like that, or you're going to have something where it's actually still the effects of something that would be a support or an artifact or an enchantment, but instead it'll be in a zone and we can still interact with it. What I mm -hmm. also suspect we might have is the ability to get some extra effects that would be like those, but on our bases, right? So one of the things Flake mm -hmm. and I have talked about is like bases yep. with text. We already yep. kind of have some of that stuff on our leaders as well. And one last right. area that we haven't seen or, you know, we don't even know if it'll be a thing, but what could be explored is the idea of upgrade cards, but instead of it being for your units, have it be for your base. Like what if, mm, you know, yeah. Jetta is like home to my base, but what if I want to upgrade my base? So like I install mm -hmm. a shield generator yeah. or whatever, right? Like we could yeah. see that. So yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, just, no, I feel like the right. tools are yeah. there. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this, this just, this game is just, it's very, very different from a lot of, in all, in all honesty, a lot of the card games that are out on the market. And there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of interesting design spaces that they're uh, exploring. And, you know, again, we, I've talked about this, um, when when evaluating like other cards and other card games but when i'm looking at a card in a certain game it's like it's very hard for me to not approach the game from something that i know like and for me normally the game that i start from is magic right so i'm working off a baseline of magic the gathering the rule set the templating everything okay but when you do that you're you're immediately thinking within that rule set Right. And so it's difficult sometimes to get out of the mindset of, okay, I got to get out of my magic brain here yeah. and now approach it from this other standpoint. Right. No, and I so it's, 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 it's fun. It's hard, but it's fun. And this is, and this is one of those games where it's like, you can very easily get, get stuck in the, I'm in my magic brain. I got to get out of it and think about it in a completely different way. Yeah. I would say one of the best examples I have, um, you know, somebody who's played a lot of different card games, right? When I first started playing Legends of Runeterra, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not familiar with that. Uh, Go check it out. There is a card uh, that was called Vengeance when the game first came out. Now, it's been through, you know, some ups and downs and whatever. But when the game first launched, when it very first came out, it cost seven to yep. destroy any unit. And yep. what I heard from many people was that was basically unplayable because it cost seven and that was mm -hmm. a lot because if you're coming from like magic it costs like two or three tops usually to destroy a unit right yeah right what right. ended up happening though was that it turned out it was actually very playable and yeah and good and it was yep. uh, a staple in shadow isles for a long long time if you were playing shadow isles yep. control obviously not every yep. deck wanted it but what you had to do is apply the rules of Legends of Runeterra, where you can float spell yep. mana from turn to turn and where uh, you were attacking on like both players' turns potentially because of the way the attack token worked, but you yep. could also rally yep. and blah, 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 blah. So mm -hmm. what you have and you to... Had a yeah. limited, you, you had a limited board space. Yep. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that too. Yeah, so what you what you have to do is remember it in the context. And uh, so I'm I'm mm -hmm. with you. It's, it's going to be interesting where things land with this. Um, yep. Our last question for this week, this comes from Echo Base Gaming, uh, another Star Wars Unlimited podcast. 
they said in a previous episode you said you like doing prediction stuff so what's a keyword you would like to see and in, be introduced in later sets um am i gonna go first on this one yeah i want to i want to know okay uh pilot so i want to see something where <clears throat> i don't think we've seen this but it's on a unit that kind of would act as an upgrade to a ship okay and then if they're piloting that ship there's added there's uh added added stats added effects so um, either, either either that's going to be played from hand or uh, honestly I, I think it'd be really cool if they're in the ground space and then they could uh swap to the space side like in a ship so that's 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 what i think what i what i'm hearing is um something that i've thought about for a bit and it's it's actually Uh funny to say that because what i think of right is uh we already know from the upgrade cards that have been revealed that there is unique upgrade cards right we have vader's lightsaber Mm -hmm. so what i keep going back to is what if there was an upgrade card that was just han solo Right. So like the the card is Millennium Falcon, but then when you play the upgrade card, because those can be unique and named and whatever, too, it's literally Han Solo is the upgrade to the Millennium Falcon. And so Han Solo can then be played on an X-Wing or whatever and still give stat bonuses, but then maybe triggers the when played, just like Vader's lightsaber says when played, if the attached unit is Darth Vader deal damage right so yeah yeah. that's what i've been thinking about is like when do we get an upgrade version of the pilots because Mm -hmm. i do think we want to see that right like we want to see vader flying his tie fighter we want to see han and chewie flying the falcon um right you know the rebels all of that so Mm -hmm. but i do like your idea of it like you know being uh some sort of like pilot keyword as well that could give you some special interactions or maybe it's a ground unit that you know, again, we were kind of talking about the the previous viewer question where it was like old Ben and they turn into a force ghost. Maybe it's a ground mm-hmm. unit with the pilot. And then the pilot keyword says, when you play the Millennium Falcon, attach this like as an upgrade to it or whatever. Like mm-hmm. they, yeah. they board it. Yeah. One things that one of the things that I really would like to see, and I don't think because I don't think we've seen it thus far. It's 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 mostly the ground and space sides are pretty much. They're basically their own separate sides of the board. There's really not much interaction between the two. Um, and I would love I would love to see there be interaction between the two, right? Because there's plenty of moments in in Star Wars universe where you've got you've got some big guns on the ground that are trying to deal damage to some of these space units, or these space units come down and they're trying to blow up uh, your ground units. So I would like to see interaction there somehow. Um, and I think, and this I think is at least one way to do it is have a ground unit that it's he's now boarding a uh, an X-wing, right? And so they, they now flip from one side of the board to the other. I I, just, I think that'd be really cool, flavorful, and it's something I like to see. So I don't know what the I don't know what the keyword would be necessarily. Right. I would have to think through Mm -hmm. how I would want it to be uh, applied in terms of it, like linguistically. But one of the things that I would like to see is like a version of infect. So that when a unit deals damage to the other unit, it deals its damage as a minus one, minus one counter. So in my mind, what I think about is like 
Emperor Palpatine uses force lightning on somebody and it doesn't just damage them. It just makes them legitimately weaker, right? Like it's frying them, um, that sort of thing. I, I think I could see because, you know, the whole, uh, you know, he uses his lightning and it gets deflected back at him from Mace Windu sort of thing. Right. And then we see him as like the weakened emperor afterwards. Like I keep going through that, like the, the effects of weakening something. And I think it would be, you know, inherent on dark side units is something that they would do. Um, but I don't mm-hmm. know what I would choose as like the active keyword uh, right. to describe that. Um, but that's right. an effect I would like, I think, to see some space kind of explored. The, the, yeah. The, yeah. The other thing that I was thinking, you know, uh, kind of back to the piloting thing is it's it. I, I think it would be akin to crewing in magic. Right. So but that that. that because I think I think crewing in magic is kind of the thing that I'm thinking of, of how I, what I kind of like to see applied maybe, but then how to do it within the framework of Star Wars Unlimited would would be interesting. Um, yeah. But that's the, that's that's kind of at least where where I think I think that's kind of where I'm approaching it from. So be, what uh, if mind. so what if it's a unit that has the pilot keyword right? And then maybe it has some other things, but then because again, they've done such a great job with these templates and we have that spot on the bottom. What if then they also had like bonus stats on the bottom and the pilot keyword again is literally like when a ship is played, you may attach this as an upgrade. So like maybe you play Han on the ground and he's, you know, like a a two, four, but then when you play the Falcon, he gives that plus three, plus three, if you choose to attach him sort of thing. Right, right. Yeah, no that that that'd be that'd be a good way of, of implementing that. Yeah, for sure. That's the thing. That's the thing. Like, there's just there's so many different ways these these types of effects could be implemented. Because I mean, we've there's nothing new under the sun, right? I mean, even even in the realm of TCGs, I think Star Wars Unlimited, in all honesty, is doing a lot of things that um, I don't want to. It's not necessarily like we we haven't seen done before because we have, but I think the way it's um, presenting them is in a way that I think many people really haven't seen presented before in this uh, presentation, like in this package, in this way. And I think like for me, for somebody who's been around for a while, like that's what kind of gets me excited is, yes, all of the stuff looks familiar. It looks, it looks like things that I've seen before, but done this way, I haven't really seen it done like that. And that's what's... it they're, they're kind of knocking it out of the park in all honesty I, yeah and to be honest you know what i'm really looking forward to that we haven't even really mentioned at all on this podcast but i haven't even heard other people talking about it yet like when i've perused reddit or, or things like that is i'm really excited for what are our playmats going to look like because you know we're going to have them and as somebody yeah. who's coming from flesh and yeah. blood and i have a lot of flesh and blood play mats that I really like. And I love mm-hmm. the ones that have like the zones already on them. Yeah. The what zones, are we yep. going to get with like our space zone and our ground zone? And how cool would it be if like on your play mat, like, yeah, you could do card art, but what if you also had like a special one where your space zone literally has like a space backdrop and your ground is like, you know, yeah. the fields of Hoth, you know what I mean? Like yeah. on a play yeah. mat, divvying it up like that. And yeah. even if 
we don't get official ones like you know secondhand people oh. will oh yeah make those make like i'm so oh, looking for, for sure. it's so dumb right but like i'm so looking forward to like oh, those not, things it's not dumb no it no I, not. I just mean it's it's kind of dumb to get excited about that but what <laughs> oh, i keep thinking about right. is like the full gameplay experience right like yes, when i envision sure. you know i go to my local store and i play my game it's not just about playing the game it's also no, no. what are the cool special tokens that i buy right like because i have fab metal tokens for example and what are the play mats i bring and what are my sleeves going to be and oh, when yeah. i think about all of that oh yeah there's a lot of possibilities with this game oh yeah absolutely it's it's my chance to it's my chance to bring out my play mats that i am excited about it's it's my chance to get the one to uh to bring those play mats out that i get compliments for i mean i've i have one i have one play mat it's actually sitting on my desk right here it is it's a uh, playmat with a stitch and um, the dragon from here. How to Train a Dragon and Toothless. There Toothless, we go. Toothless, yep. To Toothless is dressed as Stitch and Stitch is dressed as Toothless. I have gotten so many compliments from this playmat. I try to bring this. I don't like bringing it out anymore because I like having it just right here. So that way I can just look at it all the time. Um, but it's one of my favorite playmats, and I, I love just bringing out unique playmats that people haven't really seen before and just getting on. Yeah. Again, like you said, it's it's dumb. Do you want to know like what my uh, my mouse uh, pet is? Your so sa pet? sadly, you can't see this right now because uh, OBS yes. is eating my camera, but I will yep, hold it up it and is. you can see it later. Yes. Uh, it is a uh, Elder Scrolls Legends playmat that I use as my mouse pad. So this one right now, I'm, I have a couple, but this one is the Houses of Morrowind that ah. I use as my my mouse. So same way, right? Like I have I have yes. goofy playmats for everything. And so when I think about oh, my yeah. full gameplay experience, I'm like, man, there's so many That's cool things it, you can do with the zones yeah, and the IP. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. And that, so uh now now I just need to get I need to get you a a hobbies and happiness one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll trade you, okay? <laughs> I, uh, I I mean, I have some podcast ones. Like, I break those out. One of my favorite things to do, um, I have one of, uh, Flake has another podcast he does. It's Instant Speed for Flesh and Blood for the people yep. who may not know. Um, so I have mm -hmm. a play mat for Flesh and Blood that's the Instant Speed podcast, and I like to take that and then tell people I'm the host of the show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I obviously have a, like, I do one for uh, Flesh and Pod with Logan, um, yep. a, a Flesh Logan. and Blood podcast. And so, like, I, yep. I also have a playmat for that. And I will use that when it's appropriate. But I will break out the flake mm -hmm. one. And I have told people legitimately, like, oh, yeah, this is my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just to drive Flake nuts. That would drive him nuts 100%. Yeah. Don't don't worry, Flake. I will not I will not go around uh, impersonating you or pretending to be you, even though I guess I am you this week. But you know, whatever. yeah, I can take the red X off. You can be Flake. <laughs> well, on on that note, um, we've reached the end of our listener questions. So first, I want to thank NTQ Rawls Treebeard and Echobase Gaming for sending in the questions because we genuinely appreciate it. Um, but more importantly, well, maybe not more importantly, the viewers are actually really important, but also yeah, importantly, <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, I, I just really want to thank uh, you, Dan, for bailing me out, for being uh, an upstanding human being and uh, willing to record <laughs> so late uh, on a Friday night, but also, um, you know, just, just for having the chat. I know that you love card games like I do, and you'll 
find any excuse to talk about him, but that doesn't mean that Absolutely. I appreciate it any less. So. Absolutely. No, I, I, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you having me on. It's all, like you said, I'll, I will take any opportunity I can to just, to, to just, uh, talk about card games. And it's funny, you know, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Charmer and I are, you know, we, we play a lot of different card games and I had messaged him a couple days ago about another podcast that, uh, he, he had recently started up and I was, uh, I was like, Hey, you know, may maybe we should do one. And then found out, oh, he already did one with somebody else. You know what? Whatever, it's fine as long as <laughs> as long as it started. Okay, that's that's all I really care about. So, uh, yeah, it's I, I'll take I'll take any opportunity to talk about card games because that's just who I am, and it's fun. Yeah, they they really are fun. So, mm -hmm. for the folks who may not be familiar with your work, where can they find you? Yeah, so a um, couple places. Well, if you go to our website, it's www.hobbiesandhappiness.com. That kind of leads you to pretty much all of our content. But the majority of our content is found over at youtube.com slash hobbiesandhappiness. Uh, we do pretty much just a lot of card game content. So, um, you know, we're kind of in the we're kind of in the mindset right now of, you know, I'm probably going to be going down the rabbit hole that is Star Wars Unlimited. Um, and this game is a lot of fun. I'm very, very interested in that game. Um, we've uh, this week we just released a bunch of Alpha Clash TCG content, um, and we're doing a lot for the Lorcana card game as well. So, like I said, it's just a lot of card games. So you can find us there. We're also over on Twitter at Hobbies and Happiness. You can find me on Twitter at underscore DG Campbell. But uh, yeah, head over to our website, HobbiesandHappiness.com. You can find links to all of our content, um, all of our content there. So, yep. All right. Well, uh, once again, I just really want to thank you. And uh, I think now now is the time where, you know, we say we say goodbye to the audience. Uh, unfortunately, this means that next week they're going to get flake back. <laughs> but I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm looking forward to having it back. I, I, I miss the guy, even though I just oh, saw yeah. him. But um, nonetheless, yeah. I, I, again, just want to say thank you to everybody listening. And then we're going to do the, uh, the normal sign off with charmer bot. So, uh, uh, let's hear it. May the force be with you. The star Wars holiday special will continue in a moment. Mm -hmm.